This is for the men who never settle. The ones who believe only quitters and a game and a tie. The type of guys who choose the bar with the biggest TVs to overcompensate for theirs at home. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. America's largest all-sports radio station presents the number one motorsport show for over two decades, Track Talk. Brought to you by Rod in Supply and the Power Ride Midwest Lightning Sprints. Here are the racing boys, Scott Trailer and Kirk Elliott. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Covell running the show for us back at Sports Radio 810. Todd Surprise running the show for us here at RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network. My partner, Kirk Elliott, for over 20 years. Blessed to have Kirk Elliott alongside all these years, Kirk. I, I just can't believe that you've put up with me this this many years. Here we are, starting a new year. Already we're into it. So is, is this going to be 24 years that we're going to be together? 24 years. 24 think years. we'll make 25? Well, I think we'll make 25. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I believe that uh, is June the month? June, yeah, about the 1st of June. 1st of June, right? That's the anniversary date. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, the older you get, the quicker it goes by, too. Yeah, we're a couple old farts. You, yeah. know, you know, Kirk, I, I was talking to somebody down there at, uh, at the uh, Chili Bowl Midget Nationals. And I, I was telling him that nobody wants to hire old dudes like me and you. No, nobody wants to hire us. That's why you and I are self-employed. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We get to do what we want to do, right? We're lucky in that regard. We only work four hours a yeah. week. We just got Todd surprised with us, and it's a it's a nice little group we have going on here. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And, and especially with Covell back there at the uh, Sports yep. Radio 810 WHB Doing taking a, care of us back there as well. Got a good little crew here. Yeah, good crew. So, Kirk, um, where do you want to start? Well, I, let's start with the most recent. You know, I woke up this morning about 5.30, just like I always do on Saturday morning, and flipped on Flow Racing and watched a live race from Australia this morning. It's the uh, grand annual Sprint Car Classic going on at Premier Speedway out to, I think they call it Sun Gold Stadium in yeah. Warnham Bowl, Victoria, Australia. I have no idea what part of Australia that's in, but it's 17 hours ahead of where we are right now. Right. Yeah. So when I was waking up at 5.30 in the morning, it was like 10.30 over there. Right. Sheldon Hodgeshield won that race, didn't he? He did. Uh, he took the lead from James McFadden with about 13 laps to go after starting fifth in the race. And uh, Sheldon's had a pretty good run down there at Australia. He won right. the uh, race on uh, Thursday night uh, earlier this week. It was uh, uh, at Borderline Speedway. Right. And uh, he wins last night. And this is like the Knoxville Nationals in Australia. This is a big event. Huge crowd all the way around this racetrack. They split the entire Do they have as many the... campers up there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they got the kind of campers that we have here in the United States, but it was a huge crowd. They had their, yeah. and they split the entire field up into two nights, uh, just like well, like they do at Knoxville. Right. The you know half the field run on 
Friday night and half the field Saturday. They've already had Saturday night. So Saturday night's races are already done. So half the field on Saturday night, and then they come back on Sunday night with the uh, main event. Well, Aaron Reitzel won the race on Friday night, and last night it was Sheldon Huddenshield as uh, he passed James McFadden. Carson Macedo had the... uh, Maybe the fastest car on the racetrack. He started 11th and came up and finished third ahead of Aussie Luke Dillon and Justin Peck finishing in fifth place. Um, 51 cars at that race, Kurt, just so you know. Last night, in last night's race, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so about 100 cars total. Uh, on Friday night, which should be early Friday morning here, Aaron Reitzel wins over Chase Randall. Rico finishes third. Corey Eliason fourth. And uh, Hallett, Brock Hallett, the guy who won this event last year, finished in fifth place. So uh, the field, uh, I don't exactly know how they line up the field. They do tabulate points like they do at Knoxville. Right. And so how that feature lines up tonight, I'm not exactly sure. But uh, Aaron Reitzel and Sheldon Hoddenshield are the two winners so far. We've got a lot of sound for you today. We've got uh, Logan Seavey, who was the winner of the Chili Bowl Midget Nationals, Buddy Kofoit, who runs second, Dason Persley, who ended up running, what did he end up running? Fifth? 20th to fourth. Fourth to fourth. Corey Day finished third. Yeah, Corey Day was third. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, and then Scotty Cook and Trent Berry. As well, we got a lot of sound to run today, don't we, Kurt? Yeah, and a lot of good racing to talk about already. Yeah, I did. You watch the late models last night down at Volusia? I, I just did. Uh, good show. Devin Moran coming up with the feature victory on opening night of the Sunshine Nationals, which got rained out on Thursday night. So, so they, they were they were able to get the show in last night, and Devin Moran coming up with the win. Now, how many times have we seen Devin Moran start off down in Florida a hot driver? He does it again. The 99 car seems to win a lot of races down there. He and, does. and Brandon Shepard and Ricky Thornton uh, Jr. and Bobby Pierce was fourth, and uh, Tim McCready was fifth. Yeah, so, the, 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 as you point out, the drivers that were there. The cream of the crop. The cream right. of the crop. Devin Moran yeah. passed Bobby Pierce and Ricky Thornton Jr. for the win right. last night. So big win for him and uh, lots of lots of cars down there at Volusia Speedway this week. Yep. Kirk, uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Chili Bowl Midget Nationals. Um, Logan Seavey picked up the win. He kind of dominated that race, didn't he? Yeah. The track uh, took rubber about halfway through. About 30 laps into the race. And we spoke to Logan Seavey, and he said about lap 30 is when it took rubber. Yeah, and, you know, we're all disappointed that it it took on rubber. I didn't think it would this time, Scott. You know, the track had been in great shape all week long. Right. Built up a pretty good ledge up there, up top cushion was up there they poured water to it uh but but they didn't work five lap a main but the problem is they didn't work they didn't work the bottom as much and that that's where the problem lied i think is that they didn't work the bottom nearly as much as they should have now the track prep had been perfect all week so why do you think they didn't want to touch the bottom of the racetrack before the a main or not 
not working as much. Right. I, I, I can't answer that question for you, Kirk, to be honest with you. But anyway, it. Uh, I think Logan C.D. probably would have won anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Buddy Kofoid had a very fast car. He started off the race grabbing the lead right from the initial start, but then a yellow flag came out, and they started again, and this time C.D. got the jump. But Buddy was able to grab the lead in that race, only to have another yellow flag come out before they completed the lap. So he had to go back behind Logan Seavey for the restart, and there was some kind of a transponder issue with Buddy Kofoid's car, so they had to work on that during the yellow flag. But on the next restart, Logan had the lead back, and... As good a driver as Logan CB is, it was probably going to right. be very difficult to try to get a jump on him again like Buddy did earlier. I think the story of the night is Dason Persley. He came from 20th to run 4th. I think that's the biggest story After of the night. After starting the day in the D main. In the D main. So he right. came through the D, started 16th in the B, and finished 5th. And just got past Jerry Coons Jr. for that final transfer spot in that C main to transfer to the B. And then comes from the back of the B main to get transferred to the A and 20th to 4th in the A main. That is one of the epic charges through the alphabet soup that we've seen at the Chili Bowl. I'm not, I'm going to say it. But I think that Dason Persley was the fastest car on the racetrack, and if it didn't rubber down, I think that he has a chance to get up there and compete with uh, Logan and, and, and Buddy. I, I think he has a chance. If if he can get around Corey Day and get up there and challenge him, I think that he had a shot at winning that race. What do you think, Kurt? I'm not. I'm not going to say that. I, I don't. I think if he would have got up to third behind Logan and Buddy. I think he might have had a chance to get past Corey Day. I'm not sure he would have challenged either Buddy or Logan, but that's just my opinion. I think those two guys had the fastest cars, and they both started up front. Yeah, but but still an epic charge up through the field that Jason personally had. From 20th to 4th place, Yeah, he has to be the fastest car on the racetrack. Well, until you get to the to the top two. I'm just, I'm not, and even, as you'll hear in an interview that we did with him on Monday, even he questions whether or not he would have been able to get past those. You want to play that Logan CB? Uh, We've got Logan CB right now. We'll hear from Dason Persley a little bit uh, later on uh, in this hour. Uh, But let's hear from the winner, Logan CB, picking up his second straight Chili Bowl Midget Nationals Golden Driller. Uh, honestly, I didn't think it would rubber that quickly, um, but I think the top was just so treacherous that it had so many cars, so many cars down there, and then it gets clean and, and rubbers, and um, it's part of it, you know. That's you just got to know when it's coming and, and find it and move move when it comes. But yeah, just just uh, not super surprising. Honestly, I was talking to Buddy before the race and kind of said, you know, how how many laps in until it until it rubbers? Because I didn't I didn't think they did enough to the racetrack. Um, but, yeah, it's just part of it, right? You live and learn, and, and they'll, they'll try again next year. The track was unbelievable for five five of six days. just sucks that the, sucks that the big one uh, takes, takes rubber like that. After Friday night and that move you 
head for the win and then drawn the number one. Did At that point, did you think, hey, this is my weekend? Yeah, certainly helps, right? You know, I think I've won three prelims, and I've been pretty fortunate with the draw. I think I've got the one twice and, and the two once, so um, no complaint on, on the draw there. It seems to do me do me good favors and um, certainly helps when you can start on the front row of this race. But, um, yeah, you know, obviously the, the top – three or uh, you know the top three started in the first two rows so uh really important today with with how quickly the track kind of went to the bottom but um yeah he's got a this, that's what this race is about right putting yourself in position all week to be up front on saturday and uh that's what everyone over here did you and buddy's starting on the front row just kind of talk about that battle to begin yeah, it's awesome, right? But he's um, one of my one of my best friends uh, in the world, and to come here to this building and there's 370 guys, you know, racing with each other. Uh, for me and him to be on the front row is uh, one of the coolest things in the world. So, um, like I said, it sucks sucks what happened to him. I feel like um, you know he passed me and uh, they put, put put me back ahead of him, which obviously is great for me, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, sucks sucks for him. This is a, this is a tough race to win, and uh, I feel like, you know, he probably thinks he put himself in, in a spot where he should have won or, you know, should at least had a lot better shot, been out front, and um, probably feels like he got taken away from him and probably probably right. So, um, yeah, it sucks, sucks, like I said, to, to, win in, to win in the rubber and then to win with maybe some controversy, but um, the driller sure feels good. You won this, you were standing here a year ago. You won this race and everything that happened in 2023. You've been at this a while. You feel that, hey, this is, this is living the good life right now. Sure is, right? This is, this is as good as it gets, uh, for, for any racer, um, to be winning this many races at a time. But, um, that's how racing goes, right? I, I had a great, like, 2018 and then from 2019 to 2022, I was, um, yeah, and just pretty pretty average. Um, so you got to take take the highs when you can, and and you know keep them keep them as long as you can because they don't last forever. I talked to Kevin the other night. Nobody knows more about winning back to back here at the Chili Bowl than he does. He said the mind is a big part of this. Confidence. Yep, that's everything in racing. You know, uh, it's hard, really, really hard to get confidence, and really, really easy to lose. So, uh, like I said, when you when you're on the high, you, you just ride it and. Um, yeah, you, uh, you just got to take it when you can because it doesn't last forever. But, um, you know, it's here for now, so we're going we're gonna to ride it as long as we can. You ran a lot of laps of green flag tonight, working lap traffic. How difficult was that? Yeah, it was tough. You know, the track was really, really tricky there for the first 25 laps, and uh curb got huge right up on the wall. And uh, it's tough to not make mistakes when it's like that. I, I was making a, a few, and I really honestly wasn't super, super happy with my car there. Um, was trying to make adjustments as, as we were going, but had a long green flag run, honestly, and uh, makes it tough. But you just try to try to run as consistent laps as you can, and Buddy kind of got to me for a minute, but I uh, picked the pace back up a little bit and, and feel like I got away for a while and, and then just waited for the rubber to come. And when it did, it just uh, what, what's going through your mind at that moment? Yeah, at that point, it's just don't don't uh, give it away. You know, it's pretty, pretty hard to pass in the rubber, and um, you're pretty much – Sitting good as long as nothing goes wrong. Um, you know, it's really, like I said, it's hard to pass in the rubber. You don't see many many of them pass in the rubber. And uh, as long as you just keep your car down down around the berm, uh, that's, that's what you're going to get. There he is, Logan Seabee, two-time Chili Bowl Nationals champion. And, uh, you know, talking to most of these guys, I think they knew what was coming. They were racing hard right at the beginning of this race, Scott. Yeah. Tried to put themselves in great position. If he did not draw that number one 
guaranteed that he would start on the outside of the front row after that pole shuffle. If he'd have started like fifth in that race or even further back than that, that I, right. I'm not sure he wins the Chili Bowl. Um, I, I, I would, me personally, I was pulling for Buddy Kofoid. He was my pick uh, to start. Yeah. Uh, Nobody was talking about Buddy Kofoid when the week began. Right. And if you remember a year ago, he was leading the preliminary night and got caught up in a wreck of lap cars right ahead of him and didn't qualify for the A-Main last year. Yeah. Uh, But uh, driving a Keith Coons car, he uh, demonstrated on his qualifying night on Tuesday night he was going to he was going to be fast. Yep. And uh, he was uh, he was in position to. To pick off that win, there was no doubt when he got out in front on that one. If if the yellow hadn't come out and they would have completed that lap, but I think maybe we'd be talking about Buddy Kofoid as but, the winner. But, Buddy felt like he led a lap, didn't he? Yeah. He, and he was halfway down the back straightaway when right. the yellow came out. But all the cars have got to pass the transponder to complete the lap. Right. Uh, otherwise, they go back to the last completed lap. So well, I think they, I think that was the right call. Mm-hmm. It was controversial because they stopped him because they said, "Hey, you got a problem with your transponder." Right. So that kind of added to the confusion right there. But I, I think it was the right call. Want to want to give a shout out to Marie who's listening in from Pennsylvania, and um, also for Scott that's listening in from Fort Myers Beach, uh, Florida, and. Kelly is listening in from Central Point, Oregon, as well. So, just so you know, we so want to say hi to the people that listen outside of the state. So, the big question: uh, Do we need to run fifty-five laps for the A main at the Chili Bowl? I say no. What do you say, Kirk? I say run thirty-five laps. What do you think? I, it used to be thirty. You know, but uh, Donnie Ray Crawford when he passed away 11 years ago, uh, they moved it to 55 laps in honor of Donnie Ray's number, 55. Right. So it's been that way for over a decade now, but it hasn't always been 55 laps. And to me, I think I would be satisfied if they put it back to 30 laps. Me too. Um, also want to give a shout-out to Jerome, who's listening in from South Dakota as well colder up there than it is here oh it's gonna it's got to be much colder up in south dakota than it is right here it was cold this morning guys hey what is it what was it todd when you come in minus eight degrees right my phone my car went from two above in the garage to minus eight when i got here and then obviously i got here and I, i get here a little early and i got here this morning fired everything up and when i fired up the old tie line to dial in the station Oof, we lost power. Cause I'm I'm running some. Uh, we got we're running. I some, got two heaters running out there in the garage right now. And we got all these studio lights. People don't realize there's a lot of studio lights in here and computers running and just a little bit too much this morning. So we blew a few breakers. So I called Kirk Elliott and said, "Hey, we got an issue here. I'm gonna go get my breakfast." And, no, you uh, said we've got big problems. We got big here. problems. <laughs> well, here's my problem. I when I saw the heaters, Scott, in the garage off, I thought, "Uh oh." It wasn't really. I wasn't really worried about us getting back on, but I was worried about your water maybe freezing up. Yeah, no doubt. And you were in the shower, so I couldn't get a hold of you quite yet. So, um, Jerome says it's minus ten there. There you go. Well, 
We were minus six, I think, is what. We're not act. far off of that. Hey, yeah. hey, was that Chiefs game? Was that Colder. was that twelve, 12 game? Yeah, twelve below. It we we hit twelve. You I didn't go to that though, did you, Todd? No, no. nobody went. So to that. my wife, um, there, there was some brave. Fan. The the people with their shirts off. That well, was crazy. Well, let me tell you. So my wife works for. That K- just makes you look stupid. Yeah, right. So my wife works. She works for Ku, right? And they do the. They have the the people out there, the medical people out there, taking care of yeah. these people. They're in the tents and everything. And so the people with the, no shirts on. Well, you know, they had a report of fifteen people with hypothermia and frostbite, but that was just what the people reported on the inside. That doesn't count everything that was done on the outside, right? Before you even got into the facility or after the facility. So yeah, there were reports that it was. There was some serious hypothermia going on out there. You know what happens when you drink a little alcohol and it's that cold. Oh, yeah. Bad bad no things happen, bad guys. Bad things happen, right? <laughs> What do you think of Patrick Mahomes' helmet breaking? Boy, I, I read, I watched that. That actual, was scary, wasn't it? I watched an actual video of the manufacturer that create and that makes those helmets. There's three different helmets, guys. One for the, there's like five different kinds you can pick them, but the quarterbacks pick a certain kind, the linemen and the wide receivers pick a different kind, and man, from what he actually said, guys, was the cycling of the heat because those guys put their helmets on the heater to get them hot right. in between, and then they go out and get real cold again, right, and then put them on the heater and get hot and cold. So the cycling of the hot and cold affected the plastic on that, and right. it had never been tested quite like that at all. So that was uh, something new to see for sure. Hey, I want to throw this in before we go to break. Sad news, a friend of ours out at Lakeside Speedway, known known this guy for a long time, Al Burke. Yeah, sad to see Al Al Burke this past week. No doubt. Uh, Visitation is Sunday, 3 to 5 at the Cornerstone Worship in Taganoxie. Services Monday at 10 a.m. at the same location. So thinking about Al Burke, great guy, uh, he'll be missed. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, we're going to take a break. More of Track Talk when we come back. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. More sound when we come back right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to Racing Boys. And if you ain't listening to them, you get out of the country because you're a communist. I love the Racing Boys. Like Mater says, they make me happier than a tornado in a trailer park. You know, the funny thing about that is the Larry voice and the Mater voice are exactly the same. Get her done! Back. It's Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Covell running the show back at Sports Radio 810. Todd Surprise running the show here at RBN, the Race Voice Broadcasting Network. My partner, Kirk Elliott. Um, Buddy Kofoyt. I, I I was frustrated for him because he felt like that he led a lap and he he took the lead, but it was all for naught though, Kirk. Right? Yeah, he was uh, he was disappointed at the end of no that doubt. race on Saturday night. Uh, but here are Buddy Copoid's thoughts about his second place run at the Chili Bowl. I mean, to be honest, I thought I was the leader because we completed a whole lap and then almost the second one and the yellow came out. I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's good to get the lead. And then they said uh, they're going back a lap and then that my transponder wasn't working. So I'm like, oh, okay. And then, you know, fixed it, and then they said I was going back to second. So I was a little, 
confused about that. Um, you know, unsure. You know, like I said, I'm not saying they're wrong and I'm right, but in my head, you know, I thought that I did take the lead and that we all completed a lap because I almost came around a second time, I thought. Um, you know, but then, you know, Logan was still really good and I felt like I could pace him on the cushion and for how treacherous it was and was right there and, you know, made a couple moves and then, you know, if he get tight, I get tight or, you know, he get away, but I feel like I could always get back to him. Just when it got to traffic, um, you know, the rubbers started to come in and they were even with him on the bottom and it just made it hard to slide him. But uh, they still did a really good job and um, compared to last year, uh, night and day difference. You don't get very many chances to pass Logan Seavey. How were you able to do it the first time? Uh, he was, I, when he got me on the restart, um, or on the start, the second initial start, um, you know, he went to the bottom and, and then I was like, oh, like, just go right back to the top and just give it a try. And usually they work the bottom here a lot and they didn't touch it at all. So, you know, I thought that I could be okay in the top, even though normally as a rule of thumb, you don't move up until about 10 to 20. And then, uh, you know, got to him, and then he started to move up, and then, you know, I, like I said, thought it was better, I was better than him, and then got to his bumper and slid him, and then completed the pass, and um, completed a lap, and then almost the second one, then the yellow came out, and in my head, like I said, thought I was a leader, and um, that was that. And then once the green flag laps kept clicking off, uh, how difficult was that maneuvering the lap traffic? He stretched out on you just a little bit. Uh it wasn't too bad, actually, because I, th- I think everyone we lapped was already on the bottom and just stayed down. Um, so there wasn't really – I never had to pull out a line for a lapper. Um, you know, I pulled out a line to try and slide him and split the difference, but then the gap closed up, So and I got next to Logan. It just wasn't going to work, just the angle and just the way the lapper entered – you know, to run the bottom, it like slowed up, and in my head, you know, down the front stretch, I was going to pull the trigger there, and, and then it just kind of closed up as I pulled out a line. But, uh, like I said, I thought I could pace him, you know, at his pace, which I feel like I could run a little harder. Just running, you know, against the curb like that is just tough to run, you know, perfect laps, you know, with it being that tall and, and you know, having to base yourself off of someone can kind of trip you up easier. But, like I said, I thought we were equal, if not a tick better. Just once the rubber came, it kind of got rid of a lot of the chances of me getting to him. A lot better finish than what you had a year ago. Just you walk out of here, you want to win, but still a uh, big improvement over a year ago. Yeah, no, a lot, a lot better place for sure. It's good that any time you're in this room, you've done something good. So, you know, last year we were in a prime spot, you know, on Tuesday and was leading and had that you know misfortune with the lap traffic and um kind of ruined my saturday and then um you know this year you know put ourselves in prime position again and that you know i thought we were really good and um got it done and then just were able to capitalize and build on it um you know today and um we're good we're right there i think we're i think we're close i think we're where we need to be and i'm i'm happy with the car and everything and and really in myself, too, for not running midgets all year now to still, you know, run with all these guys is still good and um, just gives me a lot of confidence. Full schedule with the World of Outlaws, you're not going to get to run these midgets very much, are you? No, I've, that'll be limited even more than it already was, but 
also try and do as much as I can and um, for sure do the West Coast Swing. So um, KKM, Mobile One, and Twit have obviously make this possible for me. But, um, you know, I feel like KKM's always, you know, kind of been a home for me these last four years now. And, um, you know, I feel like hopefully that door is still always open where I can come and run for them. So now you're done with the Chili Bowl. You focus on the full season with the Outlaws. You take a day or two off or you get right back to work? Uh, well, I haven't been home in over a month, so it would be nice to go home and relax for a little bit. But, um, you know, I don't I don't really have an off-season. You know, I just came from New Zealand two days before practice for Chili Bowl, and I thought that was huge to run midget races there and be competitive and bring it into here. And then, um, you know, I think next Tuesday I go to Charlotte for some racing-related things, and then, um, you know, pretty soon we're right into Volusia. What was that experience like out in New Zealand this year? It was good. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, you know, Jason Way, um, you know, his wife Linda Way and their son Trent Way, they built a really good team for me. And they, you know, last year I ran a different car that I hadn't run before. And then this year they ordered pretty much exactly what I run here at KKM. And, and we were able to win a couple races and run second in the other two. So had a good, strong showing. And um, like I said, I think doing that and, you know, staying sharp and just racing I think is a huge help when you can race you know pretty much right up to chili bowl again racing for keith coons what's it like it's always been a dream come true i i said when i signed with them in toyota uh four years ago now i said it changed my life and it still has um you know it's opened the door for things that i never thought would be possible and it's made me a better driver so if it wasn't for keith and pete and everyone at toyota um i probably wouldn't even have the chance to even be standing here well, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, as young as he is, it's only a matter of time before he hosts the big driller on Saturday night. Especially, he's going to have access to good equipment with Keith Coons. Even though he's not going to be racing midgets a whole lot, Keith Coons will still have a car for him every year at the Chili Bowl. Yeah, no doubt about it. But to be honest with you, Kirk, he felt like he took the lead. And, and, and if you were watching that video... It, it looks like he took the lead away from Logan Seavey and, and ran one lap. Now, we, he actually was about three-quarters of the way down the back straightaway when the yellow came out. And the rule is all of the cars on that lap must complete that lap or you go back to the last completed lap. I know that, yeah. So I, I think it was a good call. It was just that the transponder issue added to the confusion of the whole situation. 365 cars trying to make a 24-car field. How about that? Yeah, just making the A main is quite an accomplishment. The the cream always rises to the top during the Chili Bowl, doesn't it? It does. And sometimes the cream doesn't always get to where they've got a chance to rise to the top. If you have a problem on your preliminary night... You're going to have a hard time working away. You looked at the lineup of that first B main. That what that thing was stacked from top to bottom. Uh, Jade Abadesian is one example. She didn't, you know, she had to start towards the back. She had no chance to get up back up towards the front. There's just too many good cars ahead of her. Yeah. So it just the B main lineups were loaded. So. Making the A main is a big accomplishment when you talk about 380 cars that you got to uh, compete against. 
I think that Hank Davis is maybe one of the guys that was a little bit under the radar. Um, he drove the 29S car, and he ended up running fifth. He did. What a great run that and, he had. And on, on his prelim night, Buddy Kofoit never knew that Hank, uh, Hank Davis was behind him, did he? Yeah. It he, he didn't seem. I talked to Buddy after the Tuesday night preliminary, and uh, through lap traffic, Hank Davis was right on Buddy Kofoit's heels. Yeah. And said, uh, what do you think about Hank right beside him? I frankly didn't see him. I'm not sure I buy all that. Right. But once the yellow flag came out and he got clean air on the restart, you know, but he took off after that. But through lap traffic, he had Hank to deal with. Hank Davis, two years in a row now, he's had a great run at the Chili Bowl. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, Shane Gullbeck, he ended up running sixth, Kirk. What did you think about his performance? I uh, look back on his Monday qualifier, and when Tanner Carrick and he were going at it, I thought Shane Gullbeck had the fastest car on his preliminary night, but Tanner Carrick was able to get it, past Isn't him. it funny that uh, Shane, Shane Gullbeck and Tanner Carrick ended up running sixth and seventh? Isn't that yeah. funny? And they were the two Monday qualifiers. Uh, Spencer Baston, uh, I thought had a chance to win this race, but he got upside down during the pull shuffle qualifying and they had to do some work on the frame of that car. They had to do some welding on that car to get him back out there. So that's twice Spencer Baston got upside down once during the Sunday practice session. And that was not that heavy a damage, that car. They were able to get that repaired, no problem. But the bigger damage was uh, when he flipped it during the pole qualifying on Saturday. And they had to go to work on that car to get it back out there. I'm not sure, you know, how that affected that race car. But uh, that certainly put Spencer Mason behind the eight ball in a car that I thought had a chance to win that race. I'm... I'm a little bit shocked that Ryan Timms, he ended up running 12th. Were you a little put back by that? A yeah, little bit? he, uh, kind of went, he kind of went backwards. He did. He? he did. Uh, he, not exactly. He sure started, what happened he started there. eighth and he ended up running 12th. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, Logan Seedy had to fend off Ryan Timms in that Friday night qualifier, which I thought was the best race of the week. Uh, when Seedy made the slider to get past Ryan Timms. Coming to the white flag on the Friday night preliminary. Yep, no doubt. But it, I, it was a great chili bowl. You know, we're all sitting here talking about the rubber and the feature event, but if you look at the whole week, we saw some great racing just about every night. The track was pretty consistent all week it long. It was. In, until the A-Main. And yeah. Kirk, I'm kind of with you. I think they ought to bring it back to 30 laps. What do you think? I think that's what they should do. And, I, you know, for years and years, I think it was a 30-lap race, was it not? Yeah, it was. So I th- only, only when it became the 55-lap is when Donnie Ray Crawford passed, right? Yeah. That's when they changed it to 55 laps. Yeah, Donnie Ray Crawford, and I think you agree with me, Scott, that was the worst day at the Chili Bowl <laughs> ever. Uh this was in 2012, and we get the news. We're we're in the booth there doing the doing our doing our deal, and we get the news that Donnie Ray Crawford had died, and uh, it just cast a pall over that whole 
venue for the rest of the day. And at that point, people were just saying, let's get this thing over with and get out of here. Right. That was just a sad day. That was the saddest day in, in, in yeah. the history of the Chili Bowl. Yeah, we'll go into all the details of what happened there. You can go back and read up on it. Uh, but it was a tragic day at the Chili Bowl, and to honor Donnie Ray Crawford, everybody loved Donnie Ray Crawford. Yep, no and doubt. And he'd won a preliminary race at the Chili Bowl. So he was a, he was a player down there, and uh, to honor Donnie Ray Crawford, they moved it to 55 laps, and 55 was Donnie Ray's number. Right. And it's been that way ever since. But we saw great Chili Bowls before it was 55 laps, and... You know, moving it back to 30 wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. You talk to Tommy Hahn, he thinks it should be backed up to 30 laps as well. Yeah, right after the race, uh, that's that's what he said. said, Tommy, I think I agree with you. So yeah, uh, we'll see what happens next year. But if you if you look at the whole week, it was a great chili bowl. I I, I don't believe that they're going to take it away from 55 laps. To be honest with you, what what they need to do is take a halfway break. Maybe a little bit. I don't like that. I don't like it at Knoxville. I don't like the halfway. But break that way you can. That way they can adjust on their car and, yeah. and, and make the adjustments and, and, and make it even better for the second half of that race. We see that at Knoxville. Typically, when we see that race up at Knoxville, when they they do the halfway break, I'm just not a big fan of halfway breaks. I don't know. I, that's just my opinion. No breaks. No breaks. Toby says no breaks. I'm with Toby on this one. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I had a great time at the Chili Bowl this year. And, you know, we're all sitting here talking about Saturday night. I choose to talk about Logan Seavey was the man, and if it even had hadn't rubber down, I still think he would have been the man. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Track Talk right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. When we come back, Dason Pursley, Scotty Cook, Trenton Berry, all next right here on Track Talk. Welcome back. It's Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Covell running the show back at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Todd Surprise taking care of us here at RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network. My partner for over 23 years, Kirk Elliott. And um, let's talk a little bit about what happened with T-Mez. T-Mez got escorted out of the building, and then Emmett Hahn eventually led him back in the building. But he, he got upside down. And when he was upside down, a person come in with a fire extinguisher, sprayed some some stuff on on his car, and it it made Timez where he couldn't breathe. And he took the little ratchet that was off his seatbelt, and he chucked it at the fireman, and that got him escorted out of the the arena, didn't it? Yeah, and uh, you say he got upside down with a little help from Cannon McIntosh, right? How we say, yeah, no doubt. Uh, they were these two guys were fighting for position, and uh, Briggs Danner also in in the mix there. And you know, after the after this event, everybody was saying, "Well, these guys were already in the transfer positions, so why were they fighting with each other?" Well, 
they didn't really know where they were. For sure, they were just fighting for as much positioning as they could to get transferred into the A-Main. Right. And Cannon McIntosh threw a bomb coming out of turn number four and hit Timez and knocked him over. Right. And Timez, after the race, didn't even, wasn't for sure who did it to him. He thought at first it was Brett Cruz. Then he was told, nope, that was Cannon. And he says, oh, Cannon, okay, of course. But the reason why T-Maz got escorted out of the building is, as you pointed out. Uh, he chucked know, that he, wrench at the yeah. fireman. And I don't think he did that on purpose. He wasn't, you know. That, oh, no, listen, T-Maz does everything on purpose, just so you know. Did he really mean to throw that out and hit a guy trying to help him? Yes. Really? You think he, yes. you think he meant to do that? Well, because he, he he breathed a bunch of that fire extinguisher stuff. And yeah. let me tell you, that doesn't go good with your I think lungs. it was just a reaction on his part. But they cut his wristband off and escorted him out of the building. Right, yep, no doubt about <laughs> you, it. You said that, that they let him back in later, though. Um, Sam says we're giving too much credit to the track for being good. Um, you are not going to say anything uh, bad about it because you are – friends with Emmett, it was an extremely dusty every night of this year. It did get dusty. It did get dusty yeah. in there. Yeah. But there was hey, some great Listen, we're, we're, not, we're not homers to anybody. It, it, we believe that the track rubbered up, and, and it took rubber on about lap 30, and it, it just, uh, it was just, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Right, yeah. Kurt? Yeah. I mean, it's a dirt track, indoors. Right. I mean, uh, I thought they worked hard at doing the best they could with that racetrack. Are we homers? Yeah, I guess maybe we are. You know, we're, right. uh, we're big supporters of the Chili Bowl. We worked uh, worked that event for a lot of years down there, 16, and we're still big supporters. Hey, we did that broadcast for 16 years, didn't yeah. we, Kurt? Yeah. So, and we did it one year for Flo. Right. Right. But we're not, we're not avoiding the topic here. We're not we're not avoiding the you know that it was what it was. So, it, 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 yeah. Kirk, did did you feel like the fumes were a little bit excess this year? A little bit more, maybe. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I'm not going to sit here. How and did say you feel? That. How did you feel after the chili bowl? I felt just fine. How you know, about you? After I was back a couple of days, yeah, I was fine. At first, I thought maybe, you know, maybe I felt it a little bit, but uh, no, it, it was fine. Yeah. It, it was all good. By the way, I just want to point this out. Flow Racing, great job. You they guys did a hell did a, of a job. You guys did a fabulous job of covering this event this year, and uh, proud of everybody of what they did with the coverage of the Chili Bowl. Great job. No doubt about it. Uh, what do you think was the biggest story of the week, Kurt? Logan Seavey winning his second straight for Kevin Swindell. Right. That's the biggest story. Kevin Swindell knows more about winning four in a row yeah. than anybody else, right? Right. Didn't he win four in a row? Four straight from 2010 through 2013. Right. Yeah. Can you imagine what Kevin Swindell's 
career would have been if he wouldn't have got hurt in, the, in that accident up at Knoxville? Could you just imagine how he many? Won more chili bowls. He he definitely yeah. would have won more chili bowls. Are we going to run the Stays and Persley interview now? Or are we going to wait? No, probably wait until. I, I think we'll wait till yeah. the second hour. We got some good interviews for hour two, so yeah. make sure you guys stick around for hour two. And also, don't forget to tune in our podcast Monday morning. Yeah, mostly motorsports. Brought to you by Rod In Supply. Twelve noon Central Time. I don't know who our guests are quite yet. We'll we be, don't even know. We'll be working on it this weekend, right? Yeah, that's part of what we do over the weekend. So yeah, it's going to be a good show though Monday, guys. Hopefully we'll get uh, Logan CV on as well. Yeah, I actually sent an email to Logan, too, from my email, too, so just in case there was something going on, he might might be hearing back you know, through him that way. So we'll see what right. happens. Yeah, we just had the interview after the feature on Saturday night with him, so right. we're, trying, we're trying to effort in getting him uh, on the broadcast on, the on Monday. Yeah. Right. Uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame last night. Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss went in together. And Donnie Allison is a Hall of Famer. Jimmy Watch Johnson. that. Uh, they had the ceremony last night on Peacock. I've, I've watched the whole thing. Is Donnie great. Allison worthy of being in the NASCAR Hall of Fame? Yeah. Part of the Alabama gang. Yeah, I think so. Won a lot of big races back. He made an impact in NASCAR. We'll just say that. Jimmy's and announced. If you're, if you're a member of the Alabama gang, you belong in the Hall of Fame. Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy was uh, first time uh, on the ballot, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And it was good that both he and Chad Knauss went in together. Yeah. And they all gave great speeches last night. And uh, it was uh, it was a great night for NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah, he he Jimmy just announced he's picking he added a lot of races to his schedule this year. Did you see that? He added some NASCAR races, a few yeah, what is the rules on that? It, it, if you if you retire from full time racing, then what is it? Five years and yeah, I don't get five years. In, but he yeah. hasn't fully retired from racing. Yeah, so well, I'm he, not exactly sure what. How does he get in? Is. How does yeah. he get in? If he's still racing, right? Are you still are you still allowed? To, I guess you are. And then if the, you're not a full time. If you're not racing full time for the championship, maybe that's maybe that's the yeah rule that they had so that they also there was also another series that is is, is um tony stewart's that S, is a srx or one of those series it's not racing next year too one of srx has uh, put it on hold yeah they're yeah. not going to run next year they're how, not going to run next no. year. how about that wow how about that wonder what they're going to do with those cars i, I have no idea the irock hey. is coming back but the srx is gone uh kirk for people that want to read about the high limit race format is finalized for 2024. They can read about that on racingboys.com, right? Right. We've got, uh, they came out with the format for the High Limit Series uh, that's uh, got a little combination of what the All-Stars did and also what World of Outlaws do, a little bit different. Uh, but uh, you can read all about that format. It seems pretty basic to me of what the format's going to be, uh, qualifying you know, matters. But the, 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 the biggest difference that I see is if you're the fast qualifier and you win your heat race, you don't have to be part of the pill draw. You're going to automatically go to the pole. And you can read that on racingboys.com, right. right? Yeah, we've got all the info up there for that. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, so we're wrapping up the show. Want to thank everybody back there at Sports Radio 810 for 
doing such a good job for us as well. And go, go Chiefs. Got football this hey, weekend, guys. Hey, man, what do you think the score is going to be, Todd? I don't know about the score, but it, this is the game. Our, uh, the game that we have to win. You know, Patrick's not played a lot of road playoff games, zero to be exact. Yeah, no so, um this will be a proving ground. And him and Josh, people don't realize this. They're pretty good buddies. They're pretty good friends. And uh, whenever you go up against your buddy, like he says, he, you really want really to beat your buddy, you, right? You so we got friend. the Texans at the Ravens and the Packers at the 49ers tonight. That's a game I'm interested in. That's right. In, Big, right? So. There's good games all, all weekend, guys. So. And then uh, Chiefs play the second game tomorrow, right? Yeah. Game no, number two tomorrow. No doubt. I'm sure you'll be able to hear all kinds of... F- the late game. That's right. Right. And WHB okay. will take care of everything you need, man. No doubt about Lions it. Lions and Buccaneers got, and the other. Got the post-game pre-race, the post-game show that's going to be on. So uh, stay tuned for that here right on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Um, for Covell... For Todd Surprise, for my partner Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on Track Talk on Sports Radio 810 WHB.